And then it was spring. A late spring. A long time coming spring. But a finally here spring. And for some runners, that means marathon. I'm Catherine, and thanks for downloading The Thoughtful Runner. Marathon is my subject today, firstly, because I'm due to run one next weekend. And secondly, because I've been comparing this period of my life to running one, and I'm now but a few miles from the finishing line, I think. The marathon I'm supposed to be running next Sunday is Brighton, which I've done about five or six times, I think. Brighton's inaugural marathon was my very first too, so I have a very special affection for it. In recent years, I found it's got quite crowded, and the water you get at the stands has to be downed in one gulp due to the eco-friendly paper cups, so if, like me, you don't tend to drink anything in the first half, the thought of carrying a full bottle around the course to sip at later in the race is a little off-putting. But minor grievances are fully counterbalanced by the lovely hearty crowds and everything else that goes well on the day, and I was quite looking forward to it. I was in good shape for this big run, but I've had so many bugs and infections the past couple of months I've missed my last few training runs, and I'm probably going to bail on this one anyway. I've told myself I've nothing to prove. Although I am tempted to show up just as a fuck you to all the factors in my life that have made me not on top form lately. Nevertheless, this pointless exercise will most likely be trumped by the fact that the people I care about really don't give a shit if I choose to run a marathon or eat a Snickers next Sunday. Although I think they'd prefer the latter because it's less likely to kill me. Or so they think. I met with a friend of mine this week and he told me how his girlfriend, who's just had some pretty big surgery, is planning on doing a 100km walk this year. Because last year she only managed 50k and it, it wasn't good enough for her own high standards. He thought it was awesome that she did 50. She did not. Are you like this too? Probably. Because you're a go-getter. It's often tempting to think like that because we know that's the ambitious mindset that gets us ahead too. It's just that sometimes you also have to tell yourself when to be less than ambitious, don't you? Which is a personal choice and something I'm doing now. On the plus side, I can't believe I even got myself in a fit state to enter a marathon, given that a year ago when I started this podcast, I'd only just started being able to run again after all that physio palaver. What a difference a year makes. Just going to take a moment to feel pleased about that. What a difference a year makes. And that leads me on to my second angle for this episode, the marathon of life, or to be more specific, discrete segments of life, which in itself is but a series of journeys that start and end and overlap and generally, like marathons, can sometimes wear you out a bit. The last six months of my life have been like a long, slow marathon. From the moment my last relationship ended, and baffled in my pyjamas on an ordinary Tuesday night, I found myself packing my bags and leaving my life and home behind. And that's where this journey began. I don't know about you, but I always start a marathon in a bad mood, concerned about my digestive health and slightly suspicious that my heart might just put out and die on me there and then. The end of a relationship is very much the same, I discovered. As I plodded onwards, or I admit was dragged on by my close friends and family, I had to go through all the shit everyone else does when the person you thought you were going to marry doesn't quite come through. I won't bore you with all the details, because, much like the details of a marathon, the cups the water comes in, the amount of crowding on the roads, how soon you cross the start or finish line, none of that stuff matters in the end anyway, does it? At the halfway point of this marathon, if you're still indulging me, I did what I do in a normal marathon and allowed myself to feel, tentatively, more optimistic about my prospects. I started to take a bit more care of myself and my personal situation. I started to tell myself positive thoughts and ignore the shitty ones. I went for some interviews and got offered a couple of very good jobs. I started dating again, and I met someone very nice. I started to get some self-esteem about the whole thing, 
which led to feelings of quite enjoying oneself in spite of the circumstances. Oh, and much better sleep, although I wouldn't recommend doing that last one whilst you're running an actual marathon. Around or just before mile 18 of a 26.2 mile race, for Brighton runners that's a bit where you've just got back round from Portslade and Hove and are heading back onto the seafront. That's where I usually go through a transition. When you round the corner and the crowds thin out a bit and your stomach starts to grumble about the jelly baby that little kid gave you back on the upswing, you realise you could do with a little rest actually. At this point of the race, I find it quite difficult to ignore the fact that the aches are probably starting to awaken, and the eight miles around fishy old Shoreham Power Station and back along the seafront don't really feel all that worth it. But everyone's looking at you and thinking what a marvellous job you're doing and you don't want to be a total dweeb and lie down there in the road. Plus you may as well keep going because you've pretty much just got to go back that way anyway to get home, so you keep going and try to think positive thoughts, blocking out the doubt, although maybe it's a bit harder than before. But what happens if you really get sideswiped here? One year at Brighton, I remember having to dive into a portaloo at mile 18. I try not to use the toilets at these events for reasons I don't think I need to share, so an unpleasant and unforeseen event in one's internal landscape really can knock your whole game off balance. Most times, miles 18 and 19 are just rubbish ones to be got through, and I have to try not to think too much about it. This is much like the past couple of weeks have been for me emotionally, finishing up my current jobs, handing things over and getting ready to move back into my flat, my own home again. Then two weeks of blissful holiday, the other side of it, getting the garden in order, putting down some carpets maybe, some lovely creative projects and mentally preparing for my exciting new job. Unfortunately, I had what one might call a big portaloo incident this week after my tenants moved out and I faced an £8,000 bill to get my new old home livable again. Just livable. And because this isn't just business for me, but the final piece of a puzzle after what could comfortably call a traumatic breakup, I had a terrible mile 18 this week. Add to that what I thought was a sweet old man telling me to commit suicide when I mixed up his title on a recording and, well, I felt like that was where my heart would truly give out, at this not-quite-last-leg-of-the-race, where the crowds are thinning and you feel really horribly, desperately keen just to get away from all the bad feelings and the stress and pain of just being there at that point in time. Fortunately, my own cheering party was there at the sidelines. I'd just forgotten to look up. And although this week I felt possibly even more hopeless and desperate than I did at the start of the whole race for a moment, when I realised I had so many loved ones looking out for me there, egging me on and just generally not giving a shit about the race or anything except me feeling better, I found the strength to go on. And with a bit of work and a bit of help, I figured out what needed to be done and got it sorted. Now I'm sailing around Shoreham Power Station at mile 22 or so, feeling tired and salty but nearly, nearly there. I cancelled my weekend plans and all extra commitments and spent the whole of yesterday afternoon working on my garden a complete blank canvas and the most therapeutic of tasks. It's my happy place, I guess. The wind was up and the sun was out, giving everything a sense of momentum and positive progression. And last night I slept peacefully. I think I'm running along the seafront now. The sun's bright and the crowds are jolly, and I'm passing all the other sleepy runners and making my way towards the finishing line, hopefully. Six months to the day since this marathon started, it's going to end, and I'll start my new job and a new journey. And with a bit of luck, it'll be a darn sight easier than this one. Good luck with all your marathons, my running, thinking friends. And thank you for running with me.